Welcome back to the Entertainment Ghost Pop Podcast, where all things entertainment cross over with all things pop culture, where all topics are up for discussion, whether it's TV, movies, music, sports, video gaming, just anything from all eras that can be talked about on this podcast. On this episode of the podcast, I've got discussion on the crazy, insane Disney Investor Day that had so many TV and movie announcements coming out of it that it was just impossible to try to keep up with it and digest everything coming out of it. I've got a review on the MMC Christmas album, news on the Apple TV show For All Mankind, a recap of this week's Amazing Race, and Taylor Swift does it again and drops a surprise album her second surprise album of 2020, and more coming up on this episode of the podcast. So there was a lot of hype going into the Disney Plus Investor Day that we had coming up to where there was talk there was going to be a lot of announcements coming up on shows, movies, And wow, did they deliver. They delivered to the point to where we are exhausted. (laughs) All of us that were watching all this news coming out are exhausted. I just, I watched Twitter and there was so much exhaustion on so many levels because there was so much information coming. And I'm going to try to recap some of the things that we learned through this. I'm not going to hit everything because. There was a lot of stuff. It was almost five hours of consistent news that was coming out of this thing. So I'm just going to hit most of the things. I'm not going to hit everything. So right off the bat, uh, they announced that they had met their goal, performance goals for Disney+, Hulu, and ESPN+. They announced they have 86.8 million subscribers for Disney+. 38.8 million Hulu subscribers, 11.5 million ESPN Plus subscribers. So those are pretty amazing numbers. 86 million for Disney Plus is pretty incredible. I should also point out (laughs) that they did announce that in 2021, there's going to be a price increase for Disney Plus. They're going to jump it $1 to $7.99. Of course, it's been $6.99. It's going to jump to $7.99 in 2021. After hearing all the stuff that they're coming out with, I can't say I'm really that surprised that they're increasing the the price for it because there is no shortage of content that is coming at you from Disney+. Plus. Uh, They also announced that they have come to a new agreement with Comcast that... Disney Plus and ESPN Plus is going to be available on Xfinity on Xfinity X1. So that's a pretty big deal there. I don't know how that's going to all play out. They didn't really give a whole... I didn't see enough details. They may have said more. Um, I'm not going to talk a whole lot on the FX Hulu stuff just because I don't watch a lot of the stuff they were discussing about. And I just I can't give really enough info on that. I'm going to jump over. First thing I'm going to jump over to the Lucasfilms, which is a lot of the Star Wars side of this thing. They announced several new series, and of course they announced some other info on movies and things like that. They announced, first off, they announced the Ahsoka 
standalone series, which is going to take place in the Mandalorian timeline. It's going to be coming to Disney+. Plus. Stars Rosario Dawson. I don't think they gave a date on that that I can see. This here was big news coming up next uh, that really surprised a lot of people. Uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's coming out. Of course, we've heard that's been in the works for a long time. Uh, Hayden Christensen is going to return as Darth Vader in this Obi-Wan Disney Plus series. It's set to take, the series is going to, as far as the timeline goes, it's going to take place 10 years after the events of the Revenge of the Sith. So, man, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen back together on screen is that's something I'm really excited to check out. And that series of movies there, that run of the Star Wars movies of uh, episodes, well, I was going to say one, two, and three. Episode one I saw on VHS uh, right after it was released. Episode two was the first Star Wars that I saw actually in the theaters. And I saw it on opening day. I saw the second showing of it. The, the first show sold out, and we didn't get tickets to the first showing of, of that. So this was actually the first Star Wars that I saw in theater. And, of course, one of my memories of this series of movies with episodes uh, 2 and 3 especially... I saw, I've seen every Star Wars in theaters from episode two on to the, to the rest. As far as the main ones, I didn't see Rogue One in theaters. I saw it later on. But all, like, the main ones, you know, like episode two, three, and then, you know, up to seven, eight, and nine. I saw all those in theaters. But my main memory of this series of films with that Star Wars of two and three is the roar in the theater of the Yoda moment. I'm not going to say what it is in case there's somebody that somehow hasn't seen that. Uh, but the Yoda moment that happens that had the whole theater roaring. I can still hear it now because there was a thing lately that was going around on Twitter saying, do you remember what's like your big theater memory of where the theater just reacted to something? And I will never forget the roar of that theater that opening day crowd when that moment happened. It was just super cool. So I'm very excited that Hayden Christensen is going to get back involved in this. This is going to be very cool. Um, other announcements that they had, there's going to be a Lando series in the works for Disney+. Plus. No other details other than that. Rogue Squadron is set for Christmas 20, 2023. I'm not used to saying 2023. I had to spit that out a little weird set for a Christmas 2023 theater release, and it is going to be directed by Wonder Woman's Patty Jenkins. There's a lot of people excited about that news. Bad Batch is going to be an animated original series headed to Disney+. Plus. They did have a trailer for that that looked really cool. They aired, or they, well, I say aired, they released it. They've put that out there on social media. Andor is going to be in the Rogue One verse. It's going to be 12 episodes according to the video that was on there. Uh, they had described it as an intense spy thriller. Uh, they said it began production two weeks ago in London. There was very little footage shown of this, so that tells you that 
it's very early on in that whole deal. Uh, they announced that there is a new Star Wars feature in the works. It's currently being written. Uh, so that's something to really look forward to there. We don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something, something hopefully soon, you know. Rangers of the New Republic. It's an original series set for Disney+. Plus. This is going to be another Mandalorian spinoff style show here. So we didn't get a lot on that. I don't know what all that's going to involve. Star Wars Visions. I'm going to read this from their Twitter to where I can describe what it is. It's an original series of animated short films that celebrates the Star Wars galaxy through the lens of the world's best Japanese anime creators, and that is coming to 2021 to Disney+. Plus. Uh, the Acolyte is the next one. I'm going to read this from their Twitter. Leslie Headland brings a new Star Wars series to Disney Plus with The Acolyte. The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. And one thing they did show in this was, and of course I'd heard about this, but I hadn't really laid eyes on it, but they showed some of the behind the scenes of The Mandalorian and how they're shooting the show, and it's insane. Like, if you watch Mandalorian, and it's so good, by the way. I haven't watched season two, because I'm, I guess I'm just being cheap on money <laughs> with Disney Plus, to where I'm waiting till they get further along, and I'm going to binge the whole thing as my plan, and try to avoid spoilers, I guess. And, uh, so I've seen season one. Season one is just awesome. It's so good. So I'm really excited to see season two, but the video that they had was just insane of how they shoot the show and the technology that's involved. It's it's amazing. Um, if you see that out on social media, it just gives you a whole bigger appreciation for that show. They also announced that there's going to be a Willow original series for Disney Plus that's going to star Warwick Davis reprising his old role from the original Willow, that is going to debut in 2022. Now let's jump over to these Disney Plus originals. There's there's all kinds of, they're all over the place here with things that they've got ready to roll and that they're developing. There's going to be a Mighty Ducks series called Mighty Ducks Game Changers. That is going to be in 2021. There's going to be a Turner and Hooch uh, show with Josh Peck that's going to be based off the movie. We have Big Shot that's a John Stamos drama where he's going to be coaching a girls basketball team. There's a Beauty and the Beast prequel series that's in development that's with Luke Evans and Josh Gad. A Swiss Family Robinson series is in the works. Percy Jackson and the Olympians is a new series. Can you tell some of these I don't know much about? <laughs> I'm trying to spit these things out. The Mysterious Benedict Society, uh, that and Percy Jackson and the Olympians are based off of books. So we got something coming off of those. Hocus Pocus 2, they are going to be making a sequel off of the original Hocus Pocus movie. So that's going to get a lot of attention because Hocus Pocus is, anytime it gets around Halloween, you can't avoid that movie with whether it's airing or people talking about it or whatever. So curious to see what the sequel is and what the reaction is to it 
there's going to be a remake of Three Men and a Baby that's going to star Zac Efron. That is set for 2022. That has my curiosity peaked because I I really enjoyed uh, the first two. Of course, Three Men and a Baby gets all the attention, but I liked Three Men and a Little Lady. I thought that was a good movie too. I don't think it gets enough love for uh, for it. There's going to be a remake of Cheaper by the Dozen, which kind of blew my mind. It's like, I guess it has been almost 20 years <laughs> or around 20 years since the since the original. Because I just thought, man, are we really at the time where we're already making a remake of Cheaper by the Dozen? And, you know, I mean, it has been about two decades, you know, so it's right around that. A Diary of a Wimpy Kid, they're going to do an animated version of this that's i liked diary diary of a wimpy kid that's something i just happened to wander on one day i was flipping around channels and i just happened to land on that and ended up watching it and liked it i don't know if i've actually seen all of i don't know i haven't i haven't seen all of them i've only seen maybe the i've seen the first one and maybe the second one i think i've seen the second one so that's interesting i think that series there is it's really pretty fun. Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild, that's the next in the Ice Age franchise. And then there's going to be a Night at the Museum animated film coming up. Uh, event films, they're going to have Jungle Cruise coming in July of 2021. There's a Lion King prequel in the works. There's another Little Mermaid in the works. Chippendale's Rescue Rangers is getting a live-action movie uh, that's going to star John Mulaney and and Andy Samberg. That's that's interesting. I'm I want to know what that's like because I grew up watching Chippendales Rescue Rangers. I was more of a Ducktales fan more than the other. So I don't know. I want to see what this is like. That definitely had a lot of excitement from people on Twitter as this was uh, being announced. There's going to be an Enchanted sequel. Uh, if if you're doing an Enchanted sequel, you better be bringing back Carrie Underwood to do another, <laughs> do another song for the sequel. That's all I'm saying. Sister Act 3. There's going to be a Sister Act 3 with Whoopi Goldberg. Of course, the, the original was a huge hit back in the 90s. I think Sister Act 2, it was... It was very well liked. Of course, you get into sequels. I like Sister Act 2 as well. I thought it was good. Disney Animation Studios, they have Raya and the Last Dragon. It's going to be released in theaters and on Disney Plus on March the 5th. There's going to be a Tiana and Moana series coming to Disney Plus. Tiana is going to be a musical comedy series coming in 2022. The Moana series is coming in 2023. Pixar is going to have a Cars series. They said that there's a Cars series that is being developed as well as a new show that's based on Up's Dog Doug. That's a tongue twister. Then you've got Zootopia. That's going to, there's going to be some kind of a Zootopia series coming in here. It's going to be set in the Zootopia universe coming in 2022. That's something I will definitely check out. Funny story with Zootopia uh, tying back to seeing Star Wars in the movies, my intro to Zootopia was 
I don't know if it was Force Awakens or Last Jedi. I don't remember which it was. But as we were sitting in the theater, they one of the previews was for Zootopia. I believe it was the very first thing that got shown. The lights went down and that came up. Instead of the trailer, we got to see... I don't know if it was the whole scene, but it was the DMV scene where they go in there and they're communicating with the sloth and the sloth is just taking forever at the DMV, which was a hilarious scene. And you just had this theater that was full of Star Wars fans just roaring in laughter. And I was too. It was hilarious. It was a hilarious scene. When I saw that, I said, I've got to see that movie. I want to see that. That looks like that would be a really fun movie. And it was, and I did see it. So I will definitely check out the uh, the series to see what they do with that. There's going to be a Buzz Lightyear uh, movie coming out into theaters June 17, 2022 that's called Lightyear. The way they described it is a definitive story of the original Buzz Lightyear and it was voiced by Chris Evans. Now we get into the Marvel side of things, and there was a lot of excitement for Marvel fans here. WandaVision is going to debut on January 15th on Disney+. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will be connected to the events of Spider-Man 3. It debuts in theaters on March 25th, 2022, and that connects WandaVision and Spider-Man. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be March 19th, 2021. That is a Disney Plus series. It is a six-episode series. They released a trailer for that that was shown. Uh, looked really good. Got a lot of positive feedback online. I know everybody I was seeing on Twitter and whatever on social media, people were really liking what they saw with that. So... That's good. Black Widow debuting in theaters on May 7th, 2021. Low-key series is coming in May to uh, Disney+. Plus. They ran a trailer for that. That got a lot of good feedback, too. That was a big major thing for, uh, for Marvel fans. That really got a lot of excitement going for people. What If is an animated series for Disney+, Plus in the summer of 2021 that combines Marvel stars from the Marvel Universe. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Miss Marvel will be on Disney Plus in late 2021. That is a series. They announced Captain Marvel 2 with Brie Larson will be in theaters on November 11th, 2022. Miss Marvel will also be in that movie. I really liked the first Captain Marvel. I thought that was a really good movie. I thought Brie Larson was just awesome in that role. She just really shined in that role. So I'm all for a sequel to checking that out. Eternals will be in theaters on November 25th, 2021. Hawkeye is coming to Disney+. Plus. She-Hulk series coming to Disney+. Plus. Secret Invasion starring Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn series is coming to Disney+. Plus. That looks, that will get, that will be a good thing there. People are really excited about that. That's good stuff, getting those characters back involved in the Marvel Universe. So that'll be good. Ironheart coming to Disney+. Plus. Blade is in pre-production. And they said that there's going to be announcements coming soon on that. Thor 11 Thunder, they said, is begin begins shooting in January. They are going to release it in theaters on May 6, 2022. 
stars Natalie Portman, Chris Hemsworth, Tess Thompson. Of course, I know Tess Thompson from Veronica Mars. She was awesome in that show. And Christian Bell will be playing the villain. They announced the name for the new Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. That will be Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania is going to be the name of that. They announced, they talked about Black Panther with Chadwick Boseman. They are not going to recast that character. They, they're going to honor his work and respect that. And I think that's an awesome decision because, man, you can't recast. You can't recast that. You just can't. You know, so that's a great thing that they're doing to honor him. They are going to do Black Panther 2, but they're not going to have it around that character. What they're going to do instead, they're going to explore the world of the other characters in that world of Black Panther. So that's the plan with that. That is going to release on July 8th, 2022. Another surprise here that they announced, there's going to be another Fantastic Four movie that said that they are working on a new feature of it. It is going to be directed by John Watts of Spider-Man Homecoming fame. So... That's going to be a big thing there. That had a lot of people excited as well. Uh, some other random things. There's going to be an I Am Groot series coming to Disney+. Plus. There's going to be a new Pinocchio coming to Disney+. Plus. It's described as a new live-action retelling. Uh, it's going to star Tom Hanks, and it's directed by Robert Zemeckis. There's some star power for uh, this Pinocchio series. So, wow. Yeah, that's, that's star power there curious to see how that looks i may check that one out uh indiana jones they are working on a new indiana jones movie and they are going to bring back harrison ford and the plan is that they are going to conclude this character's journey is how it was worded it is planned to release in july of 2022 there's going to be an alien series based off the movie that is going to run on fx i believe that's right and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia has been renewed for four more seasons on FX, which will run it into season 18, which makes it the longest-running live-action sitcom in TV history. So that's an incredible achievement there by that show. ESPN Plus, the only thing I'm really going to talk about from ESPN Plus, uh, they announced Man in the Arena. It is going to be a nine-part docu-series that is built around Tom Brady's first-hand account of the journey to each of his Super Bowls. So, got that coming from ESPN+. And then, of course, I've already mentioned the Disney Plus price raise that's going to be happening for a $7.99 next year. So, I mean, as you can see... There's a lot going on, so after you hear all these things, you know, I'm really not that surprised that they're going to raise the price a dollar, you know? Um, and in fact, when Disney Plus first got announced, when we all heard it was going to be $6.99, there was a lot of shock in that, because we really didn't, for everything that was available, and comparing to what... A lot of these other companies are for price. When they came out with a $6.99 price tag, people were just shocked that it was going to be that cheap. So even $7.99, I mean, that's still that's still a hot price on that compared to you know the others, and especially this new content that you're going to be getting uh, rolled out over the next uh, couple years or whatever here. So 
that is basically it. Like I said, I'm not going to cover everything because a lot of it's kind of out of my intelligence on <laughs> knowledge of some of these uh, shows and things like that. And the fact of the matter is you can't, I don't know, there's not really any way to cover everything because there was so much news that was coming out of this investor day. It was incredible. You know, somebody said on Twitter, this is a lot to digest. <laughs> And it really, really was. So that's, I'm just kind of reading that all off my notes and everything that I had. So yeah, a lot of excitement from Disney and Lucasfilm and Marvel and all of, the, all of them, you know, Pixar. So yeah, a lot of fun stuff to look forward to with theaters and Disney Plus in the future. If you're a fan of the Apple TV show For All Mankind, got a couple good announcements here. One being that season two is getting ready. It's coming up. Season two is going to launch on February 19th on Apple TV+. Plus. That's where you're going to be able to find it. But also beyond that, they have announced this week that the show has already been picked up for season three. So even before season two airs, they've been picked up for season three. Basically, if you're not familiar with the show, the basic story of this show is it's set back in the 60s and it focuses on the space race to try to get to the moon first. It's, it's an alternate twist on history to where the story is, what if Russia had beat the United States to the moon? And what would the fallout have been from that? from all levels within within NASA, within politics, within everything. It's just it's basically like a reimagining of what history could have changed, you know, if Russia had gotten there first before the United States. And it's just it's a very good show. I remember watching the pilot and I was like, yeah, this is good. And then I remember watching the next like two or three episodes. I kept watching like, yeah, this is a good show. By the time I got to like episode like five or six or something, it went to, I love this show. Oh, I really love this show. Oh, this show's awesome. And then by the time I got to the end, I was just, I was completely hooked to the show and could not wait to watch every episode. This was actually my pandemic uh, shutdown binge watch show. The first one that I did when everything shut down back in March Apple TV announced, hey, we're going to open up some of our shows to for people to watch for free. And this was a show that I'd been wanting to check out because I'd heard about it. Of course, I'm a Chantel Van Santen fan, too. Of course, from One Tree Hill, I'm a fan of hers, so I knew she was in it. And I'd heard the concept of the show, seen the trailer. I just thought, this looks like a pretty interesting show. This looks like this would be a fun watch. And this was actually the show, you know, when they opened it up, it's like, well, here's the opportunity to watch it. And I checked it out and I loved it. I got hooked. The production on it is just so awesome. I mean, it really feels like, it feels like you're sitting in that era. You know, it just has such a great feel for that you're actually sitting in the 60s as this show goes on. And the production of the moon itself 
looks so real. It's so amazing the job that they do with the production on the moon to where you just you feel like you're there. It just it feels so real, you know, to where it just I don't know, it's just such a great vision all around this whole show of just how they came up with the story and try to figure this out. But I'm not maybe when it gets closer to time when season two's getting ready to premiere, maybe I'll go back and recap it. I don't want to give any spoilers of season one in case anybody hasn't seen it and they're listening to this and say, well, maybe I ought to check this out. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers. Maybe when season two gets ready to premiere, I'll do a quick recap and thoughts and and uh, kind of go over spoilers there and give a spoiler warning and all that. But I'm very excited about season two. Season one ended very interesting. So I was, it uh, it had a big ending to where I want to see how the story plays out from there. So yeah, For All Mankind, season two is going to premiere February 19th on Apple TV+. Plus. Season three is picked up, so we are going to get three seasons of this show. So get over to Apple TV+, Plus, check out the show, see if you like it. I know I did. The all-new Mickey Mouse Club from 1989 that ran all the way up to 1995 recently reunited in several different forms. They did the MMC30 event down at Megacon in Orlando last year, which was just an incredible event. And I say an incredible event just by watching it online. It's like I wasn't even there. Uh, all I ended up doing was I found somebody that was live streaming it, you know, on Twitch. When I wasn't on, was it on Twitch? I don't remember if it was on Twitch or if it was on YouTube, where it was. Anyway, I watched a live stream of the show and, uh, of course, a lot of people were putting up YouTube videos after the event was over, seeing the Q&A panel, the autograph sessions, you know, just a lot of video that was going up. People were just so awesome putting up video for the rest of us that couldn't be there and getting to see everybody reunited, you know, of the show that we all grew up watching. And here recently, they put out a Christmas album, Getting Everybody Back Together. I've listened to it. It's really awesome. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to read this off their website because I want to make sure to get all this information in on some of the causes that this project was going to help. Uh, this project is a way for all of us to come together and help some of those severely affected during these difficult times. A portion of the gross album sales will support the Brave of Heart Fund for families of frontline healthcare workers who lost their lives due to COVID-19, as well as Music Cares, a charity founded by the Recording Academy that provides a safety net of critical assistance for music people in times of need. And there's just so much talent on this album from seven seasons of MMC, just jumping all through here. I'm going to read some names off of here. We had Lindsay from seasons one through seven. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna bounce these seasons off the top of my head and hope I'm right. <laughs> As I'm reading these names, I'm gonna read what seasons they were on and hope that my brain is clicking right on these. I'm doing do these off the top of my head. Lindsay from seasons one through seven. Her and Jennifer and Josh were actually the only three to be on the show from start to finish, and Lindsay and Jennifer are both on this album. We had Rona from seasons four through seven. My Lynn three through five. Jason Carson, that we know as Blaine, seasons four and five, Tasha, four and five, 
Nikki six and seven, TJ six and seven, Dale four and set four through seven. I mean, DD one through three, and of course she went on to do the party. We had Chase one through three went on to do the party. Returned on season seven as a co-host of the show. We had Rocky seasons one and two, David season one, Tony from four through seven, Jason from three through five, Nita four through seven in Mark 3 through 5. So there was a big lineup of just all seasons here. This is what I really loved. It was it was almost like an all-star concert, you know, to where it's like you're getting to see so many of these people interact, you know, from different seasons, you know, and you get to hear them perform together. It was really cool. So I grew up watching this show as a kid, you know, it um I went it pretty much it made me keep Disney Channel really and that's really what they wanted you know Disney Channel originally they started with just they aired movies they just always aired movies and things like that and then they eventually started roaming into original programming what got me over to Disney Channel in the first place was Kids Incorporated Kids Incorporated aired in syndication once it got done in syndication Disney Channel brought it over, picked it up there, and then I heard it was going to be on there. I was like, I have to have Disney Channel, you know, begging my parents, can we have Disney Channel so I can continue to watch this? So that always came on at four o'clock, you know, bounce back a few years, and then MMC shows up, and it's running in the 4.30 time slot, and, you know, I had the TV on, you know, after the show was over, and I was like, what is this? What is, what's with this talented group? You know, I was seeing some of the musical performances, and I was like, they're really good, and, and then I got hooked into the show, and watched it from there on out, you know, and that was my reason that I kept Disney Channel, you know, was to watch the show, and I'm sure a lot of people were the same way, and just the amazing talent that came out of the show over these seven seasons, I mean, you see it in music you see it in movies tv uh everything i mean just every form of entertainment you see so many so many of the talent from the show that has just spread out and done awesome things throughout the years and continue to do so so they came together to form this christmas album and it's 2020 and it's amazing to me that in 2020 and i was listening to it thinking it's 2020 and we're getting new stuff from the MMC. How cool is this? This is really cool. And just a lot of great songs. Everything's split up on there with everybody kind of handling mostly solo stuff. You have a you have the big group number at the beginning with Go Tell It on the Mountain with the cast. They actually just put the video out for that, the music video. I know it's on Facebook as I'm recording this. It's on Facebook. They've put it on Apple Music over there. I've seen it on Apple. I don't think they've put it on YouTube yet. I haven't seen a YouTube link, but it kind of feels like maybe they're like kind of gradually releasing them to different different forms of you know media. So I got to think it'll probably show up on there on YouTube pretty soon. The video is really cool. Of course, 2020 form. You're seeing the Brady Bunch style, you know, with that's how you've got to gather people, you know, in 2020, because that's just how things have been, you know, in this uh, terrible pandemic year that we've been in. So it was really cool seeing everybody in all their little boxes on the screen. But one thing I really picked up on with this video is just, and I don't know if they did this intentionally, 
but I picked up on this was that a lot of the video, just the way it feels, it feels like the old video jam. Like every year they would always do like the cast video, whether it was like higher and higher, we are family, good heart. Uh, if you, uh, if you believe, and they would always do these really cool, uh, videos of the cast and those were always some of my most favorites where you just got to see everybody and everybody was having fun and just the whole editing style of this video and just the fun of it reminded me so much of the cast videos that they would do every year and I don't know if that was intentional with this but if it wasn't it sure felt like it and that was really amazing of course, Go Tell It on the Mountain is the thing that starts the album off with the cast. And then we jump into Angels from the Realms of Glory from Rocky. Oh, Come All You Faithful, Rona Bennett. Just two powerhouse voices that were from the show. You know, they just, they always delivered every time they were on stage. And then we jump over to God Rest You Merry Gentlemen from Jason Carson. Otherwise, as I said, known as Blaine to the rest of us on the show. Just a fun jam kind of song here. Just very cool. Then we jump into What Child Is This with uh, Nita and Tony Luca here. And it's, when I was listening to this, it just had such an awesome, like, concert feel to it. To where all I could see in my head was, like, sitting in a concert hall and having some really cool lighting on them. You know, and it just had such a cool, like, concert setting feel to it. And maybe sometime in the future, when everything kind of gets back to normal, maybe we can do some kind of reunion here, and maybe they can do that kind of thing. It would be cool. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Tasha was up next. She's awesome on this song. And the thing that, the first thing that popped in my head was, I'm not sure I've heard Tasha do something kind of slower like this because it seemed like on the show she always got for her lead song she always got the more up-tempo stuff with like giving you the benefit and you showed me she would always get kind of these up-tempo songs I cannot remember a song to where she got a lead that was that was slow unless my brain has just quit but this really just showcased her voice and when I was listening to this I thought why did they not put her on more like ballad stuff too? Because it's like she's got such a great voice for this. So, and then, of course, then Mylin follows up next with Oh Holy Night with Dee Dee. And it's just beautiful with the piano going. And I just love that song. It was just, that was a great uh, decision to put those back to back. They were just so powerful. And jo Jolly Old St. Nicholas, followed next by TJ, does such a great job with that song. Just upbeat, just a fun song. Then we jump to O Little Town of Bethlehem, which was Lindsay doing solo on this. It really reminded me of, like, in those uh, seasons of MMC, like when she would just do these awesome solos that just really grabbed your attention like one voice she would always do these awesome uh solos that were just powerhouse you know it really reminded me of that when i was listening to this and then speaking of powerhouse we go to there's just basically powerhouse all over this album i keep using that term but that's really the best way to describe it jennifer mcgill up next with it came upon the midnight clear 
Then we get to Tony Luca. I'm going to butcher this, <laughs> the name of this song, because I don't even know if anybody even knows how to pronounce the name of this song. And I even looked this up a while ago to even make sure I pronounced it right. And I'm going to get it wrong anyway. Old Lang Sane. You know what I'm talking about. The New Year's Eve song that everybody sings at New Year's. That uh, everybody always jokes about. That they say nobody knows the lyrics to. But you always hear it at New Year's Eve. Like uh, uh, at Times Square. You know, you always hear it there. And it's, it's pretty much always known as the New Year's Eve song. So I even looked that up and I was going to make sure I pronounced that right. And I got it all wrong anyway. But just an awesome acoustic uh, performance here. Like an acoustic feel style from Tony on this. Then we get to a visit from St. Nicholas, which is Mark reading this. And just, my goodness, his voice just showcases on this. When, when, he, was, uh, when he was reading this Christmas story, I just thought, man, I would just, he just needs to... Like, I need to invite him anywhere and just have him read Christmas stories, <laughs> you know, because he's just got such an awesome voice for it, and this just sounded awesome. And then the album closed with What Christmas Means to Me with Nikki closing this out, talking just on a personal level, you know, of a moment in her Christmas family history of last year, you know, with her dad's health getting worse and just how much it meant to them as a family to be able to spend as much time and make sure to just take it all in, take in every moment, you know, of this Christmas that they were getting to spend together, you know, and just such a powerful uh, ending to this album. And I believe Nikki is actually the only one that I've gotten to meet in person. I met Nikki when she was opening for Britney in 2000, when she was a part of Innocence, when she was a part of that pop group, I met her there, and she couldn't have been sweeter. She was just so nice. You know, I even brought up MMC when I was talking to her and talked about how, I was, yeah, I'm a big fan, been following you all these years, you know, keep it up with you and what you're doing with your career, and, and she just couldn't have been nicer, so it was really cool. So just a really awesome album. If you're an MMC fan growing up, you're going to love this album. You're going to really enjoy hearing everybody back together, just getting something new from just this talented group that we all grew up watching. Even if you're not an MMC, if you didn't watch this show growing up, it's a great Christmas album. I think it's something you would really enjoy. And I just highly recommend checking it out. Is the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. Why? Because It's Christmas is the name of the album, and you can check it out on your different music services. It's I know it's on Apple Music. I've seen it on Apple Music, and it should be pretty well anywhere that you get your music. So look for it, check it out, listen to some awesome Christmas music as you get into this Christmas season. The NBA has sent out its information on your pricing plans for the upcoming NBA League Pass season. I was didn't know I didn't know how they were gonna do this upcoming season as far as pricing because we've got a lower amount of games. COVID's in play, you know. I don't know 
will there be situations to where games get canceled? You know, kind of like what the NFL, kind of like what the NFL is going through right now, and college basketball is going through it too. So I didn't really know how they were going to do the pricing this year, but let's run right through it. I'm going to run just based off this email that they sent out, and we're going to read through this together. So we have the first plan here, which is League Pass Premium. That is all teams, no commercials. That runs for $249. You can watch on two devices at the same time. Download games for offline viewing. You can also do the NBA TV add-on for $59.99, which adds your NBA TV games and around-the-clock coverage. The most popular plan is what they say right here is the $199 plan, which you watch hundreds of games from around the league, download games for offline viewing. That's all teams. You get your NBA TV add-on for $59.99. You get your team pass. Now here's where if you just if you don't want to watch all the other games and you just want to follow your team, you can get a team pass for $119. And you can also it, it allows you to download games for offline viewing once again. Watch live out of market games for your favorite team. I don't know how that means for blackout scenarios. I don't know how that plays out. So if you are a local, if you're a somebody wanting to get NBA League Pass and that is your team, that's your local team, look into that because I don't know really what that means when they say watch live out-of-market games. That could be kind of something kind of bizarre there, so I don't know how that would go. Because they do have the blackout notice, you know, where like with me, you know, they tell me the teams that I'm blacked out on, which is three different NBA teams, with one being like three states away, <laughs> you know. So I guess they have to prevent me from tuning into these games in case I want to go to this random game three states away every night. So I don't know. Blackout rules are very strange with sports, and I think everybody pretty much rants on that at some point. So those are your yearly plans. If you want monthly, if you just want to jump in monthly, here's what you've got. You've got League Pass Premium, $39.99 a month. That gets you all teams, no commercials, watch on two devices at the same time, download games for offline viewing, you get NBA TV add-on. If you want to add on NBA TV where you get all the NBA TV games and around-the-clock coverage, that adds on for $6.99 a month. Now, if you want the league pass with all teams, that's going to be $28.99. Watch hundreds of games from around the league. Download games for offline viewing. Again, you can get the NBA TV add-on for $6.99 with that package. If you want the team pass, which is just you want to follow your one team, $17.99 a month where you can watch live out-of-market games for your favorite team, download games for offline viewing. Again, your NBA TV add-on is $6.99. So, and then of course here's something again where, you know, if you just, I guess you just want to buy NBA TV, you can buy NBA TV for $6.99. So those are your plans for NBA League Pass for the 2021 NBA season. So those are your options. So you can either jump in and watch all games, or again, if you just want to jump in with your team, 
you know, you can do that too. But again, look into what that means with out of market. Dig into that, ask questions, you know, because I don't know that the out of market and the blackout rules are very weird. If your teams, if you're in your local city with your team, just make sure you're not going to get blacked out on those games. And surely if, surely they'll tell you, I don't know, but just look into that. Maybe when you sign up, they'll say, hey, you're going to be blacked out on these particular games of these teams. Because in my email again, they did say these are the three teams that you're going to be blocked out on. So you can either jump in and watch all games or again, if you just want to jump in with your team, you know, you can do that too. But again, look into what that means with out of market. Dig into that, ask questions, you know, because I don't know that the out of market and the blackout rules are very weird. If your teams, if you're in your local city with your team, just make sure you're not going to get blacked out on those games. And surely if, surely they'll tell you, I don't know, but just look into that. Maybe when you sign up, they'll say, hey, you're going to be blacked out on these particular games of these teams. Because in my email again, they did say these are the three teams that you're going to be blocked out on. Remember the surprise and shock back in the summer when Taylor Swift dropped that album of folklore out of nowhere and just surprised everybody and said, hey, I'm dropping this album at midnight. Well, guess what? She doubled down on you and did it to you again in 2020 because this morning came the surprise announcement that Evermore was going to be released tonight at midnight and as i record this the album has just been released in the last hour and a half i've listened to it it's very good i've really enjoyed it i think i even liked it i liked folklore i think i really like this album even more than folklore uh, i'm gonna read what taylor swift put out this morning talking about this album uh, she said, to put it plainly, we just couldn't stop writing songs. To try and put it more poetically, it feels like we were standing on the edge of the Folklorean woods and had a choice. To turn and go back or to travel further into the forest of this music. We chose to wander deeper in and my collaborators and I are, prou are proud to announce that my ninth studio album and Folklore's sister record is here. It's called Evermore. I've never done this before. In the past, I've always treated albums as one-off eras and moved on to planning the next one as soon as an album was released. There was something different with folklore. In making it, I felt less like I was departing and more like I was returning. I love the escapism I found in these imaginary, not imaginary tales. I love the ways you welcome the dreamscapes and tragedies and epic tales of love lost and found. So I just kept writing them, and I loved creating these songs with Aaron Dessner, Jack Antonoff, WB, and Justin Vernon. We've also welcomed some new and longtime friends to our musical kitchen table this time around. Before I knew it, there were 17 tales, some of which are mirrored or intersecting with one another. The one about two young con artists who fall in love with a while hanging out at fancy resorts trying to score rich romantic beneficiaries. The one where longtime college sweethearts had very different plans for the same night, one to end it and one who, bought, who brought a ring. Dorothea, the girl who left her small town to chase down Hollywood dreams and what happens when she comes back for the holidays and rediscovers an old flame. 
the Unhappily Ever After anthology of marriages gone bad that includes infidelity, ambivalent toleration, and even murder. The most righteous motive to avenge the fallen. The realization that maybe the only path to healing is to wish happiness on the one who took it away from you. One starring my grandmother Marjorie, who still visits me sometimes, if only in my dreams. I wanted to surprise you with this the week of my 31st birthday. You've all been so caring, supportive, and thoughtful on my birthdays, and so this time I wanted to give you something. I also know this holiday season will be a lonely one for most of us, and if there are any of you out there who turn to music to cope with missing loved ones the way I do, this is for you. I have no idea what will come next. I have no idea about a lot of things these days, and so I've clung to the one thing that's keep, that keeps me connected to you all. That thing always has and always will be music, and it may continue evermore. So that is what she wrote with uh, the surprise announcement of this album. Like I said, I really enjoyed this album. It runs just over an hour. I think it's about an hour and one minute, actually, exactly. My favorite songs that I've pulled off of this album that I liked the best, I've got Willow, Gold Rush, Tolerate It, Nobody, No Crime, which is with Haim. Haim appears on this album. And Coney Island with The National. So she has some collaborations on this album, including including Haim, The National, and Bon Iver, who uh, helps her with Evermore, which is the last song on the album. Yeah, this is a very good album. I think my favorite part of the album is the front end of the album. As you'll notice, like most of the songs that I picked out there are on the front end of the album. Uh, yeah, it's just very good. That's that's pretty amazing to release two studio albums in a year. And I mean, it's not like these are EPs, you know, or something where it's like five or six songs. These are full albums. You know, Evermore is, I'm going to pull up and look at it. Yeah, it's 15 songs. 15 songs on uh, on Evermore. So that is pretty amazing. And I'm looking back at Folklore... Folklore had 16 songs. So, yeah. I mean, that is 31 songs total from two studio albums. So she has been working hard in 2020. And there's something really cool about these surprise albums that keep coming out. There's several artists that are doing this lately. I haven't seen anybody do it twice in a year that I know of, unless I'm forgetting somebody. But it's just something very cool about that where you just never know when, you know, your favorite singer might just drop an album on you out of nowhere and chaos ensues, you know. So, uh, yeah, a very big surprise for uh, all Taylor Swift fans today getting this album. So it looks like it's, I was looking online, the video, the music video for Willow is up. I've watched that. That's a cool video. I like it. Um, as of me recording this, it has almost 500,000 views already in 82 minutes. So it's getting a lot of attention, you know, upon release, no matter how late in the night it is. So yeah, very cool. So definitely check out Evermore. This is the sister album to Folklore. Uh, I really like it. I really like this album. I think this album has a lot of like repeat value. I can see myself uh, listening to this album quite a bit and definitely a keeper. So 
yeah, Taylor Swift dropping a big surprise on everybody for the second time in 2020 and dropping another studio album with Evermore. This week's Amazing Race featured the final four as they go at it to try to compete, to try to get to the final three as we continue on this season of what I have called Team Amazing Race. All alliances, all the time, all working together, all numbers. It's not fun. (laughs) This is not fun to watch. These are, I don't even really know what to call these episodes. I was trying to say that they're enjoyable. I don't, I don't know how to describe this season. I'm going to have thoughts here on the end of, of my episode recap here, but whew, uh, amazing race Twitter. I was watching it during, uh, during this episode and it was not very pretty over there. So Let's discuss this final four episode as we narrow it down to the final three as we get to the end of this episode. As the episode starts, we get the news that they're going to be headed to the Philippines. They're going to be headed to Manila, which is apparently the texting capital of the world. I did not know this. That was something I learned at the beginning of this episode. I actually learned quite a bit about Manila through this episode. There was a lot of things about the city that I was not aware of. So it's also the capital city of the Philippines. I did not know that as well. So all teams meet up in the airport. We've got the alliance. we got all the interviews going where the alliance is all talking about how much they love their alliance, how great it is. I said this last week, but with this Final Four group, I said D'Angelo and Gary were at a major disadvantage because you have three teams working together D'Angelo and Gary, the only hope that they had was one of these other teams just getting completely lost, something that was just completely out of their control, something to where they cannot work together. Because D'Angelo and Gary are straight up one against three here. That's how it is. I mean, they are just, the odds are not with them. You know, it's, they are against the world here. And I said that last week, that that's how this episode was going to be. So all the teams leave on the same flight. They're headed to Manila. We get a twist here at the beginning of the leg of this race. Is on the clue, it says you're going to meet up with Phil at the beginning of this leg, which is nothing. This is not normal. You don't usually see Phil at the beginning of the leg of the race. So he's clearly going to have some very important information. A lot of nervousness with these teams, wondering what they're getting ready to come into. They arrive in downtown Manila where they meet up with Phil, all teams, all together. Phil announces that for the first time ever, it's going to be a city sprint. What that means is no roadblocks, no detours. It's just going to be straight up race and you're going to be going around the city. Here's something else I learned about Manila. It is also apparently known as the worst traffic in the world. This is not something I knew either. I clearly did not know much about Manila. When you watch this episode, it can definitely be argued as the worst traffic in the world because <laughs> there was a lot of chaos. And that's really, I'm sure, what the what the producers were counting on with this leg of the race for them to be just out in the chaos of the streets where it's just wall-to-wall traffic. You're trying to get through traffic and just all through the chaos. They're just 
producers are hoping for chaos. And I've got to think with how this season has played out, they desperately want chaos to try to break this up. And what is very interesting here, Phil, even when he's getting ready to send them off, he basically says, look, you probably, I'm going to give you some advice. You probably don't want to help other teams because with the way this thing is going to play out with this chaos, with the city sprint, you could get eliminated very quickly because this is going to be so much chaos that anything could go wrong. And the advice that you give to another team could eliminate you. Basically what I got out of Phil here is stop it. Stop helping each other. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. <laughs> stop being an alliance. Stop it. That's that's kind of how that's how I read it. I'm sure that's probably how a lot of people read it too. So Phil sends them on their way. The first task that they have to do is find a traffic cop who is right in the middle of just this crazy busy intersection where it's like a ton of lanes, just wall-to-wall traffic, what you're going to do is you're going to have to, you're going to try to find this traffic cop. you got to find him. He's doing all this dancing in the middle of the street and everything. He's going to have a clue. You have to get near him to where he can hand you the clue. So the teams are coming through there. Riley and Madison, first ones in and out. D'Angelo and Gary, second ones in and out. They have no trouble. Get their clue. They go on. Hung and Chi, Will and James do not have the same success. On their first attempt, they are not able to connect with the traffic cop. They see him, they can't get to him. So they have to do a circle back around through this crazy traffic and come back around to meet up with this traffic cop. They both do get it on the second attempt. Will and James come out of that part third. Hung and Chi come out of their fourth. From there, the teams have to go to a shoe gallery where they're going to pick up high-heeled shoes and they're going to have to run a 500-meter dash with the locals in high heels. So you have to do just back and forth. It was like a kind of like a big, long sidewalk. You go all the way up, you turn around, you come back, and it was 500 meters. So Riley and Madison are the ones that come out of there first. So from there, teams have to go find a lion in the streets. Not a not a real lion. <laughs> not a real lion. It's almost like a... I'm trying to figure out how to describe this. It's like a very like cartoon-looking lion. You know, something you see in a lot of like tourism kind of stuff. You see kind of this kind of thing. A lot of, a lot of times you see this type of thing at the Olympics and things like that to where... There's this lion in the street and there's different ones. You, you don't have to just find one. There's multiples. You have to look in the mouth of the lion to see if it's got a clue in there. If it's got a clue, then you pull it. So, of course, the lion is just dancing all over the place. And you're trying to, not only are you getting to the lion, but you're trying to get it to maneuver around with it to where you can even get in its mouth <laughs> to figure out if... Uh, if it's got a clue. So from here, there's a lot of teams that, that do well here. D'Angelo and Gary are the first ones out of there. Will and James move up to second place here. Riley and Madison come out of their third. Hung and Chi get lost on the way there. And then they end up getting out of their, uh, out of their vehicle, away from their driver. And 
they're looking around and they're not even in the right place. They're completely lost to where they are talking to the locals and Hung and Chi are like acting out, <laughs> trying to communicate where they're having like the language problem with trying to communicate. They're trying to act out a lion. We're like, we're looking for lions. Have you seen lions? Do you know where they are? It was pretty funny. So they end up being told information on where they're going and basically they're told, hey, there's no lions in this area. So they are completely lost. So Hung and Chi are at a major disadvantage right off the bat to where they're going to have to do some major catching up here. From there, teams have to go to their next, next task, which is finding horse-drawn carriages. What you're going to do with this task, you wander up, there's a bucket there, and there's ingredients. What you're going to do, you're going to roam out to these vendors. There's vendors all around the streets here. And you're looking for these specific ingredients to build this uh, this feed for the horse that you're going to feed to the horse. So you have to roam around. At one point, D'Angelo and Gary like walked right past <laughs> One of theirs, you look and the vendors have a have a clue mark. You know, there's a race clue mark there on their table to where you know that's who you're looking for. And D'Angelo and Gary walked right past that, which if you're watching that at home, that would frustrate you so much if something like that happened to where you were that close and you're watching at home, like look at look at us. We just walked right past that. That would be super frustrating. I know I would be. So Will and James do a major comeback here. Well, I say major. It wasn't a major comeback. It was a comeback because they were they were down in the standings. And then, of course, they had the, had the trouble with the traffic cop. But they jump all the way up to first place here uh, after this horse carriage task here. Riley and Madison second coming out of there. G Gary and D'Angelo coming out of there third. Hung and Chief finally find their lines. They get back on track. They get that, then they're on their way to this task here, and they get that done. Now teams approach the last task of this race to where, of the of this leg of the race. This is where it's going to determine who is going to finish where and who's going to compete in the final three for the million dollars. This was a super tough task. And it was even tougher when we found out that they didn't read the clue right. So I'm going to get to that. Here's what the task was. What you're going to do, you're walking up. There's a band playing. The band is playing a medley of songs that you have heard through the different legs of the amazing race that you've been on. Each song is going to represent a different country that you were at that it was a song that was playing in the background, or maybe you were playing it. You know, there were some of the tasks that involved where you had to play the music. So what you are going to do is you have to find, there are boxes inside this truck. In the, in the truck on these boxes, there's a flag to match the country, you know, different countries that you've been to. Now here's what the teams thought they were doing. They thought you have to listen to the music, then you grab these boxes. What the teams thought they were doing was that they were lining these things up in order as the band was playing them. So they're listening to this band playing the music, 
and they are trying to figure out what the song is and match it to what country where they hear the song they're like some teams were like i don't even remember that song and then there were others where they say yeah i remember that song what country was that and then there were some you know that they were pretty solid on this was a pretty big mess for these teams here trying to figure this out so what you do is you get these cases that match you know with the country's flag you go up to the band and then you lay them out one two three four and then the band leader the singer he will either give you a yes or a no on whether you're right on matching them up and the the singer he he was snarky he was snarky with this it was pretty funny where he'd just be like nope that's a big no you got to be better than that no <laughs> so that was pretty funny so we have Riley and Madison D'Angelo and Gary and Will and James all trying to figure this out Hung and Chi end up arriving of course they were behind because of being lost they end up arriving and really no harm's done, except, I mean, they've got to listen to their songs and things like that, you know, and get caught up that way. But these other three teams are struggling and they're struggling hard and they're frustrated because they can't figure this out. At one point, D'Angelo asks uh, Will and James if they want to work together and they're, they're like, no, no, we don't want to work together. And Will and James, you know, with, the, with the, their interview, they were talking about that they didn't want to help because they felt like they were closing in on getting this right, that they were they felt like they were making progress toward getting it. And the thing with this task with taking, you know, all these boxes and taking them to the singer where he would give you a yes or no, the thing is when he would give you a yes or no, it was a straight up yes or no. If you go up there and you have three out of four right, or you have one out of four right, you're not gonna know. You take it up there, and he just gives you straight up yes or no. Now on the screen, when we're watching, you know, we're seeing, you know, like the buzzer with a like a, eh, <laughs> you know, we're seeing things like that. We're seeing it ourselves, but that's what made this task so much harder. When they would go up there, they would lay them down, and if they were wrong, they were just told, you know, you're wrong. You don't get a, oh hey, you've only got one wrong, or yeah, you've only got one wrong. So you're that close, just switch that up. They don't get that. All they know is it's a yes or no answer. So here's what ends up happening. All four teams struggling. They can't figure this out. Will and James finally are like, look, y'all want to work together? Talking to their alliance, which is Riley and Madison and Hung and Chi. And of course, all of them say, yeah, you know, let's, let's work together. And because they feel like this is probably our only opportunity that we can get out of here. Because, I mean, they're wanting to eliminate D'Angelo and Gary anyway. So all of a sudden, they all start working together. And D'Angelo and Gary pick up on this pretty quick where they say, Oh, they're, they're all talking to each other over there. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. And they realize, oh, we're the odd team out here. This is, this is a problem for us. This is going to be really bad. And the thing with D'Angelo and Gary... They only had one wrong at one point. They, probably more than one point, I think it was more than one point, they had just one wrong. They were that close to having this task figured out. So after all this is going on, Will and James decide, because they, the team, the alliance teams 
figured out a way to where they would do multiple combinations where they would say, okay, we'll, we'll try this combination. You try that combination. You try that one. And then we'll see which one finally eventually works. And then when one of us gets it right, circle back around, tell the rest very quietly, and you go on and the rest of us will figure it out. Now, Will and James are just like, all the teams are frustrated because they're like, we have tried every single combination. Nothing's working. Why is this not working? Will and James go back and read their clue and they're doing it wrong. The clue says that you are supposed to put them in the order that you heard them on the Amazing Race, not the order of that the band is playing them, which is what they had been doing. They had been putting them in the order that the band was playing these songs. The clue was to put them in the order that you heard these songs on the Amazing Race. So that that pretty well figured it out immediately for for those three teams. They like, okay, well, we know we went to this country first, this one second, this one, blah, 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 you know. So Riley and Madison go up first. They're the ones that try it first. They get it. They're right. They circle around and run back very quickly to the other two teams, give them the information, and then they take off running to the pit stop. And D'Angelo and Gary, of course, see this. They see what's going on, and they're, they say, oh, they've got it. And they just told the other teams, we're done. Well, that's it. We're done. There's there's no point. There's no point in us even trying to finish this because we're done. Like, they're all working together, and they're mad, and they're frustrated. So D'Angelo and Gary just decide to end up taking a two-hour penalty, and they just decide not to even finish this task because, you know, they said there's no point. You know, they're working together. They've all given the information. We can't figure it out. There's no point in even us trying to complete this task at this point. So back at the pit stop, Riley and Madison are first place for this leg of the race. Will and James come in second place. Hung and Chi come in there in third place. And of course, Phil points out, you know, again, you got help, <laughs> you know. And he talks about how these three teams just seem to want to help one another from the very beginning, you know, and that this, they just seem to be so defiant that they wanted to make sure that they were the three teams to finish and get to compete for, you know, the million dollars in the final three. So D'Angelo and Gary are out. A lot of frustration from D'Angelo and Gary, and I completely understand it, you know, where, Phil asked D'Angelo, you know, about his experience on the race and says, you know, would you do it again? And D'Angelo was like, no, he said, I wouldn't do it again. You know, and he's and he's completely frustrated about how this played out, where he's basically like, this hasn't been fun. You know, they're it's it's all teams working together and you can't even if you're on the outs, you can't you can't do anything. Now, Gary, on the other hand, he's just like, no, you know, I did have fun. D'Angelo said, I could have done, I could have paid, I've got enough money to where I could have paid to do this, <laughs> you know, myself. D'Angelo's just frustrated. He's frustrated, and I totally get it, you know, because it's, we're frustrated as viewers. I think a lot of people are. I did notice uh, D'Angelo on uh, Twitter tonight. Somebody asked, said, do you still feel that way about the Amazing Race? Do you regret going on? Because he did, he kind of said he did regret it a little bit because it just, he didn't have fun doing it because of how it all played out. 
And D'Angelo said on Twitter, I'm going to read it, he said, I don't regret it, but I'm not ever doing it again. So he's changed his tune a little, but, you know. So I was I was reading uh, the Amazing Race Twitter tonight, just reading through the hashtag as this episode was going along, just kind of seeing what viewers were saying. And there's a lot of frustration on how this season has played out with the Alliance and because I mean I've been very uh you know I've deemed this season team amazing race since uh before I even started doing this podcast I was calling it team amazing race because it's this just isn't fun to watch it's just it's the majority group of the Alliance just picking teams off one by one and I should point out again I've said this before, I'm also coming off a Big Brother season that was very much the same, similar. Getting the big alliance, just pick players off one by one, and then it comes down to us, and then we'll start picking each other off one by one, or we just, not even that, we just, we play it out when we get down to the to the main group. Once we pick off these other players, we'll finish it out ourselves, and may the best man or woman win, you know? And that's kind of what this amazing race, well, it's exactly what this amazing race has turned into, is these teams picking off these other teams and then them getting to the final three. And then it's like, okay, now all all bets are off, you know, every team for the win, you know. And I just, I see a lot of frustration among viewers because it just, this hasn't been fun to watch. And to me, this feels like this season of The Amazing Race is going to be remembered as this is where they had to change rules because of what's happened on this season. I feel like after the season, the the producers and Phil and just all involved, they've surely got to be making some changes to where this the race is going to have to evolve a little bit to where they can prevent this from happening again. Because I can't think the producers are thrilled with this. I would love to hear what Phil has to say. Maybe after the season is over, maybe Phil will do some interviews or something and I can read somewhere. Because uh, I'm sure he's going to get asked this question on how he felt about this season of the race and you know how... I'm curious what the producers, everybody involved, how their overall feelings are on this season of the race. Because I just can't feel like anybody's thrilled with how this has turned out. Because it's it's just not fun. It's just not fun. There's no drama. You know, I mean, I said this last week and I said it at the beginning of this recap. D'Angelo and Gary, the only way they were going to be able to advance was if the Alliance teams, one of them got completely lost to where they couldn't help each other. And even there at the end, you know, they all ended up helping each other. So I feel like there's going to have to be changes made to the Amazing Race to prevent this type of thing from happening again. Now, I should point out, this season, the last two seasons are actually aired out of order. 
uh, last season, of course, was the reality All-Stars edition, which was teams from Big Brother, Survivor, and returning Amazing Race uh, previous season teams competing. That season was actually shot after this one that's airing right now. So I don't know. There's part of me that wonders, did they do this? Did they air them out of order for a reason? Or I don't know. But there was also a lot of hype on that reality all-star season. There was a lot of people very excited about that, myself included. I was pumped for all these returning teams and big brother teams, survivor teams uh, competing again. And I loved last season. I loved it. But that season, you know, was actually recorded after this current one. And I was trying to remember in my mind, and my mind's not working on it, trying to remember if I saw anything in that race to where they had evolved some rule changes or just anything to prevent teams from working together. And I just cannot remember anything off the top of my head. Now, this current pandemic year of 2020 they were shooting another season of The Amazing Race. They were very early in when the pandemic happened and, you know, we had global shutdown and they had to shut the season down. So I I would love to know, of course, there's, I've heard there's spoilers out there of teams that were on This Amazing Race. I would love to know if any of them were able to share information on if there were changes made on the 2020 season of Big of Big Brother of the Amazing Race. I'm trying to mix too many shows here with all my discussion. I would love to know on this season that they were shooting this year if there were any changes in play, if they were, you know, told to not work together anything like that. Because, like I said, this season is going to be remembered as I feel like this is the season where changes were made. Because something's got to be done and fixed to prevent this from happening again. Because this isn't good TV. Just watching a big alliance picking off teams one by one. Because this is not what the Amazing Race has ever been. I mean, we've had alliances before but nothing to this level to where they stop and help one another. And com like we had Hung and Chi completely stop what they were doing to where they could relay some information to, uh, I believe it was Riley and Madison, or was it D'Angelo and Gary at the time? I don't know. I think it's both of them. I can't remember which one was which. I believe it's D'Angelo and Gary where she waited at that, uh, at that wall, uh, repelling wall to give information to them. And Phil even said that at the pit stop to where he said, this has never happened before to where we've had just a team completely stop what they were doing to help another team. So like I said, just to wrap it up, I, f I mean, it's been, it's frustrating. I mean, we've got our final three, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's it's been a tough season to watch because it's just not fun. You know, it's not fun watching teams picked off one by one and just feel like they don't have a chance. So I'm curious to see how this goes from here on 
future seasons when we eventually, I don't know what they'll do with the 2020 season of the amazing race. I don't know. Like, I don't know what you do to try to pick that thing up. I don't know. I don't know to where there might be a year in between of shooting that season. You know, I don't know. I don't know what they do with 2020 season of the amazing race. That's, I don't know how you even go about trying to figure that out. So next week we have our season finale. It'll be Hung and Chi, Will and James, Riley and Madison, all competing for $1 million as this final three alliance gets to what they wanted. You know, they wanted it to be between them and that's what it's going to be. So we'll just see how this plays out and who takes home the million dollars on this season of Team Amazing Race. That is it for this week's podcast. Take care. God bless. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great day.